It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And good afternoon. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch sitting on the porch here at Millburgers at 1604 on Bull Verde Road and ready to talk gardening with you at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Tell us what's going on in your gardening world. And is it already geranium time? Is that what she has on there? I got to put my glasses back. Yes. Yes. Oh wow! Oh, this this whole winter would be dry. Oh, okay. (laughs) But I mean that. Yes, I'm surprised that there wasn't more geranium action. Yeah, the uh, the greenhouse growers have been growing those ever since the poinsettias. They're long. Oh, is that right? To get them in full like that in uh, larger containers. Uh, they have to plant them uh, fairly early and in, into November and December, so they can have them for sale in February, in bloom. And so, uh, that's one of the few things that the greenhouse growers have in their greenhouses when they're growing poinsettias. Usually, the greenhouses oh. are just full of poinsettias, but they have to leave a space for the geraniums. That's pretty and, cool. And they've come out with uh, the plants now in full bloom. Okay. And they're pretty. Millburgers has them in bigger containers. And, and a lot of people don't realize uh, the geraniums are pretty cold tolerant. Uh, unless we have a hard yeah, it's not, freeze. It's not like a, it's not one of those plants like tomatoes that will be affected by or can be a 40 degrees. Right, right. Yeah, so some some freezes don't even affect them. Yeah, it can even have a pretty hard free, uh, hard frost. So, uh, uh, and uh, it grows better in cool weather. And this is, the rest of this year, we're going to have cool weather. And then sometime, well, when the hot weather, maybe May or so, or first of June the old day we used to move move them from full sun into uh, just morning sun yeah right that's the best thing to do now and what what is the uh uh that selection that uh, is even more it's heat fan- tolerant fantasia yeah look yeah. at Milton go oh, yeah uh-huh <laughs> so <laughs> so that one we've, we've thank been, you for helping us Milton. Here, huh? we've been we've been able to that was uh, the mic dropping you know what i'm uh, saying yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah fantasia uh uh is a good is a good variety but at this time of the year uh while the weather's cool uh almost any geranium variety will work uh, we 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 say stick with Fantasia, but when people come into the nursery, which we have a lot of here today, uh, people see that big bloom on there, and like that lady that just passed here, they gonna pick up a geranium, and they do well. Now, if they go near the uh, front area there and get a a blast of that wonderful. Uh, 
Stocks. Fragrance. Yeah. yeah. They're going to pick up some stocks. Too, I actually. think they have more. Is that what they're? There's a couple uh, tables with uh, with green and stuff. I think those seed. I think, yeah. Maybe I think there's there some stocks to be planted, but there's some stocks that are in full oh, yeah. in big containers for immediate show along with the uh, uh, geraniums. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, and there, there is a, a strange plant hidden away in the greenhouse. <laughs> Some, something called is it the new tomato, the yeah. rodeo tomato. Yeah, what a weird name, red snapper. Well, that's nice of them to keep it in the greenhouse. Yeah. <laughs> a little protection. Yeah, Calvin's got a good write-up on uh, uh, the new rodeo tomato. I, I guess we can announce it now since. Uh, we have plants of it, and uh, I, I was looking at my scion, uh, the Master Gardener scion, and uh, David's announced it to them, David Rodriguez, the county of horticulture. And so I guess if David let the cat out of the bag, then uh, we can let the cat out of the bag. Let the cat out. Now, the, 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 big, the big promotion, <laughs> uh, I guess the rodeo starts on Thursday, and that's where... Most of the, uh, a lot of the rodeo tomatoes get distributed. If you, a lot of folks, uh, that's, yeah. well, that's one of the rituals of the spring is to yeah. get the rodeo tomatoes. They actually are in larger containers uh, this year. Uh, let's see, what you wrote the Four and a half inch and they, they some one gallon. Day is that right? Some one gallon? Yeah, in the, at the rodeo. And, uh, and that makes it easier for people to handle them at the rodeo. Oh, that's good. You know, to, to keep them and alive. They, yeah, and they got a provision there that they've developed over the years. You you pick out your tomatoes and and other plants. They keep them for you. Keep them for you. Yeah. And then when okay. You, when you go to get in your car and head out, uh, you just pick them all up. Yeah. And uh, now at Millburgers here, we've got them in. Uh, in uh, uh, four and a half inch, right? Yeah, and they look nice. Yeah, and I take it, I take it, Milton, that uh, Milgrivers has given a portion of the funds to the just during gardening the, next weekend. Next weekend, the sales okay. from the rodeo uh, from Saturday's rodeo celebration. So, so. Ne- next Saturday is the yeah. Next Saturday is the big day, and uh, we've got lots of fun activities: petting zoo, pony rides, chili. They bring the ponies back, Milton. They're bringing the pony. The ponies have come back with They've a been- warning on there that you and I are not supposed to they get sla- on the pony. They slap that little warning thing right on the <laughs> right on the pony. And Why do they have our pictures on there? That's kind of I know. It's you know it's and, where, and it's where the picture is too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, some people can't tell the picture from the. Oh no, no, no that's not right. But uh, yeah, the um, pony ride and, pony uh, and they have a. Uh, uh, chili, don't they? Yeah, country music. We got all kinds of great stuff. Making chili, me hungry. Nature's creation. Yeah, mm. Fritos. All that's uh, next Saturday. David Rodriguez will be here as well from ten to eleven thirty. He'll be doing uh, a seminar on shade trees. So that'll. Be, no, no, no. It's the, we already did that. That's gonna. This is gonna be on a spring to do list. Okay. Creating your spring to do list. That David given. I know. It's all, all over the place. He sure is. He's all, he's I, I looked at their uh, scion, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I, was gl- I was glad I was not David. <laughs> <laughs> all the talks he's given. That's good. He's a good boy. 
He's doing well. Doing well. Yeah. yeah. Remember. Yes. If it grows, he oh, knows. He knows. He knows if it grows, he and, knows. And he, he knows. did get the vice chancellor's award for yeah. Top, uh, yeah. top horticultural agent. Maybe yeah. that's what stimulated all these talks. Well, oh, now that he's got celebrity. He's not going to get another one. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> part, part of it is you have to have the, those talks, but I think the other part of it is the uh, aggressive master gardener oh, organization yeah. Yeah. and the volunteer service. I was thinking driving over here. Do you know who, Milton, do you know who came up with that name, Cyan? Mm-mm. Calvin. What? <laughs> and they also, the, as far as I know, is the San Antonio Gardener still going or not? SAG, you and I did started that? No, or? I don't think so. Okay. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it. Cyan, we started, it must have been 1990, I guess. Right after you started the Master Gardeners. Yeah. Yeah, that first that first class was in 1989, in December, I think. Yeah. At Peterson Wholesale Nursery. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we we told you this story, I'm sure, Milton, but the uh, one of the first classes, uh, there was a big rainstorm. <laughs> oh, no. So, and Peterson is, uh, to get there, you have to cross the the creek, creek yeah so we had to station somebody in the pickup truck out there to, <laughs> and to signal us when when it got to the point we all had to make our getaway <laughs> wow yeah they put the barricades around it was pretty exciting i it think was, it's a lot of creek isn't it? yeah it's pretty exciting it it's the one that the, everybody drives through and gets flooded yeah, it gets out stuck and yeah huh wow Time flies when you have it. You fun. have so many different flooding stories <laughs> in gardening in San Antonio. It's a major theme. And yeah, yeah. And it is because we don't have any. I mean, there's this, everything's runoff. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no you had the herb. What was it? That the herb market one year? Was oh, that, yeah. Is that, that was, the. Uh, that's when that D. D. Emery's car washed away. Yeah. Well, uh, well, didn't get up there hooked on the. The pole and flo- uh, floated up there like. <laughs> but D D would not surrender. No. And uh, Helen Mott, they. Uh, I always wanted a picture of Helen climbing over the. I think she had to climb a, a ladder on the fire truck to get out of there. Oh wow! It at Aggie Park. That's back when the master gardeners were they were oh, tough. They were tough. They were tough. Now they just go to things on that are raised. You know, the meetings are all in two story homes or <laughs> you know, up on hills. They don't they're not like the master gardeners of yesteryear. D D Emery is the is a is a person that uh has passed away now, but uh she's the one uh, Calvin assigned to to me to get to use volunteers. And uh, uh, she would get the volunteers, uh, call them, and get them to come to our our functions, our our yeah our uh, this, this acti- was, activities. This was quite a deal because for the longest time Jerry didn't believe in volunteers. I was yeah, scared of them. I, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think he went. You you kind of expressed a long time ago that he went from this is the dumbest idea I've ever <laughs> heard to embracing it and running with it. And, and poor Greg Grant got caught up in that. Too. Yeah. Oh. But D D was the person to put in charge. We had a we've had you know even we're teasing the master gardeners now, but they 
they've still they've continued to have great leadership and oh yeah people that are just dedicated to good causes uh, but we had people like D there yeah. take charge of a, a process a project and it would get done. And Forrest Appleton. Oh yeah, he was he was in charge of a lot of presentations. Edna, Edna Toland. Oh yeah, Edna's in charge yeah. of the the house, the uh, Schultz house. Uh, Kathy Littlefield. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, there's. I, I apologize <laughs> if I didn't list every, Warren Short. Uh, everybody. Yeah. We. Well, this sounds like we're at the tavern having a drink. And the past more. Yeah. <laughs> remembering the remembering the good old days. <laughs> All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, toll free, it's 866-308-8867. We'll, we'll uh, talk about the Calvin's article in just a minute, but Calvin noticed something that I've noticed, and, uh, and I think you said people were talking about it, too. That is the mountain laurels are starting to bloom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... Do we have them blooming here? Do we still have the mountain laurel here? No, there it is. Is that it right out there? I'll bet if you go look at it uh, that some of the uh, blooms are opening because uh, my neighborhood there, not not nothing is in full bloom yet. Yeah, but, but yeah. if you get close to them, you see the the purple the buds. Oh, I've seen purple dangling for the yeah, full I've, bloom. Yeah, I've seen them full bloom. They're, now they're smaller blooms. They seem to be a little smaller than I would. Well, they, I it's think they're dry. Some, yeah. Oh, okay. And they're just now opening. Yeah, they they'll be bigger. No. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we should do it now. Uh, we don't get too much response on it, but <laughs> that's uh, get our mountain laurel reports from people as to where they're seeing the prettiest mountain laurels. And where did you see yours? That's full bloom. I'm trying to remember. I think near downtown. Yeah, I think I was. It's warmer down there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was driving. I think on San Pedro. <laughs> I must have been because I was going down there. And but uh, yeah, so near. Uh, Speaking uh, of wild plants, yeah. Did y'all did you walk past that first bench up there on the left? No. It's full. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I know where you're, you're going to go. It's full of uh, four and a half inch, which are big plants, big pots, and big plants. Uh, of what? Uh, blue bonnet. Blue bonnets, yeah. Oh. I think they're the only the blue, though. That's uh, okay. The blue's mighty nice. <laughs> We're out of the red, white, and blue. They're not blooming. They're just big. Yeah, they're in big pots, and they're yeah. perfect condition ah. for transplanting. And uh, now it's getting toward the end of the uh, end of the uh, uh, planting season for blue bonnets because they're going to be they're going to be uh, blooming in March. And I got my uh, lawnmower out. I was Uh-oh. gonna mow, you know. I got two acres, and a, <laughs> uh, but of course I noticed. Uh oh, the poppies are up over here. Oh, the blue bonnets are up over here. How <laughs> oh, the uh, larkspur are. Up oh here. Lord, mm. blue curls up. So, <laughs> so I just I, I just mowed the the front area and a little in the back, and the rest is going to be. Could you lift your deal to? High? Or I, I, I could have. Uh, you lift your bush hog high? Yeah, you uh, could Shredder. have. Shredder? What Jerry's talking about is that uh, it works pretty well. Uh, if you Anything to reduce that competition between those weeds and the those flowers we mentioned. And one of the things that has worked is 
they're just mowing very high so you don't cut off the those trans those uh, little transplants coming yeah. out. No, not transplants, but germinated flowers. Yeah, the, 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 so the seedlings got, or that's hard. Well. It's uh, it's hard to to do that uh, to, to, for the first time, but it works pretty well. Yeah, Neil uh, got a question in about henbit. Question is, I've never seen a year like this for henbit. Mm. It seems like it's everywhere. We have wildflowers, and it's growing with them. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> it's, as far as it knows, it's a wildflower. Uh, I guess if you take the bad with the good. I keep mowing and trimming the hen bed, but I know it will be back. <laughs> I wish there were something we could do. Uh, Neil answered, unfortunately, it's just another one of the very wild flowers. Oh, no. Products that kill the weeds, like henbit, don't differentiate between weeds and good plants. Wow. In other words, uh, herbicides uh, take care of uh, everything. Yeah. 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 Did you want to ask your question on the air? Uh, well, now he's got he's got I the wound. I don't know if it's on the air. I can put it the That's okay. Well, we'll take a quick break, and then if you if you're not comfortable, we'll do that. All right. Are you through? Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and come back in a moment. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer. It's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. All right, I want to tell you something that's happening at Millburgers this month on February 15th. Mark your calendars. It's a day of fun and a day of learning. And maybe the learning will be fun, too. David Rodriguez will be at Millburgers teaching you the spring cleanup to-dos for your lawn and landscape. If you want your landscape to look great this spring, you need to be there at 10 o'clock to 1130 on Saturday the 15th at Millburgers and enjoy David's free presentation on spring spring cleanup to-dos for your lawn and landscape. And then all through the day, Millburgers will be celebrating the Rodeo and the Rodeo Tomato. The Rodeo Tomato for 2020 will be announced and available for sale and there'll be free chili, Fritos, and drinks from 11 till the pot runs dry. The Texas Weather Band will be there playing your very favorite country music from 11 to 3. There's pony rides, a petting zoo, and much, much more. For more information, go to MillburgerNursery.com and we'll see you February 15th. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer. Taking a couple questions uh, off the air here at the nursery. Uh, so uh, we encourage you to come ask your gardening questions in person. And uh, we want to tell you right now about Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control. Uh, termite seasons are coming, and uh, it's now's the time to have Spider-Man come over and inspect your property and make sure you don't have termites. And if you do, help you treat them. Uh, uh, Spider-Man's going to create an approach that uh, it helps you not only to uh, get rid of what you got now, but uh, prevent them from coming back and uh, choosing your home uh, to uh, to. As a as a target, so uh, 
Give him a call and learn more. You'll learn more about his ins- uh, mosquito control. You'll learn about uh, how he can get rid of other things, uh, ro- roaches, fleas, all that kind of stuff. He uses uh, all kinds of uh, great tactics to do it, ranging from synthetic to organic. So give him a call, 210-656-3721, 210-656-3721, and find him online at GoSpidermanPest.com, GoSpidermanPest.com. My mother used to wait till they swarmed. Oh, to call the... I mean, they just swarmed. Think- uh, they would be thick. Thick on the floor and with wings and yeah, stuff like that. Is that a little too late? Yeah, don't don't wait, don't wait that late. Well, and I asked, and they, they said they were eating the house now. Oh, okay. Mm. It was a rental house. Oh, well, and people. Well, so she was. Yeah, it, don't don't wait and and just find out, and then you can feel very comfortable with the opinion that you get and the treatment that you get from Spider-Man Pest Control. Calvin's still answering his question off the air. Our question, we had to do a little bit of Googling, and uh, but I think we finally found it. Our question was on uh, knockout roses, which we do have here at the nursery, yeah. or Martha Gonzalez, but we think it was knockout based yeah. on the he size of it. they were red. Yeah, they were deep red. They were red. all red. Yeah. And he said sometimes they have four petals and sometimes they have more. And yeah. there's a double knockout. Yeah. And and he, yeah. he sees them at uh, drive-throughs. Yeah, that was that That's was the, the point that everybody felt comfortable with it when you see them like at drive-through yeah. restaurants because those things take a beating. Oh yeah, they use them quite. Uh, the landscapers around McDonald's and uh, yeah. all the drive-throughs, and they they do a good job. And I still have the rare uh, pink and red knockout rose. Do you? Yeah. Is it coming back pink? Um, it it hadn't bloomed yet. Hadn't bloomed yet. No. Okay. Are they blooming? I guess they are blooming around town. We've seen them. Yeah, a little bit. My, uh, there you go, Calvin. But he said he cuts them back. <laughs> he shapes them. Shapes them. Which you can do them. with knockout, I think. Oh, I've seen yeah. Them shaped, yeah. All right, 210-308-8867. So did you want to discuss your question? Well, actually, it was a, a, identifying a plant. Oh, okay. And it's one of those frustrating. It looks familiar, but it, it got all brown from the uh, drought. For oh. you know, it's performed seven, eight years, and uh, I asked if it uh, could be a, a U. He, he said he knows U's, and it wasn't a, a U, but uh, it had that kind of a shape. Um, I sent him in to uh, check with uh, Trace or Mary or one of the senior mm-hmm. staff that would re- recognize it. I think it's a, it's in the ornamental market. Okay. But, uh, we'll see. I'm cur- Now I'm curious. <laughs> and then, you know, it's going to be one of those that we say, oh, darn. Yeah. <laughs> I should have remembered that. <clears throat> okay. Well, getting getting back to the tomatoes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Calvin got a, a great article in uh, today's paper at uh, Section B in, uh, in my essay. And got a picture uh, of of the new red snapper. That's the name of the new rodeo tomato, red snapper. And uh, I sent him a picture of a fish, <laughs> the red fish, to go with yeah, it, so that and I, so they could go with the, I sent, the I picture. Al- I actually sent it to the paper. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, they're uh, the pictures. 
I, first of all, the the measuring stick there is in uh, metrics. Yeah. So not everybody <laughs> maybe will appreciate the, the the size of those tomatoes. Uh, and but uh, the I guess one of the selection points was that it produces large, uh, pure, really red uh, yeah. tomatoes. And, and it yields a lot. Yields yeah. a lot, and it's a determinant. So yeah. yeah, remember if you if you remember the discussions we've we've had, that's one of those tomatoes that Jerry will go through the science if you want, but uh, yeah. it's one of those that puts uh, f- grows to full size quickly and then concentrates on setting yeah. and oh, maturing good. fruit. So you it gets you, it gets through before the hell of summer begins. And it's a heat. This is another proven heat setter. So. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Well, hang on, hang on. Before we get too deep in it, we got to help Jerry out with a cauliflower question. I don't. I don't want her waiting too long. Jerry, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Thanks for calling us at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. What's going on? Um, we usually plant cauliflower every year, and we get these nice white heads, circle. This year, it like it all bolted. It never formed a head. There's these little stalks going out like it just, the head. It never formed a head. It just formed these spikes with the little white things uh, at the end. Okay, do, where uh, do you remember the variety or where you got the cauliflower? Uh, yeah, I was a nursery uh, on Highway okay. 181, yeah. Well, you, we usually, usually uh, we have the snow crown cauliflower. I think that's but, what it was, yeah. 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 And did and you have just one that did that? Did no, you have this one that did that? No, everyone did it. How many was that? Uh, I think we planted uh, to 12. Wow. And if they didn't all make it, the deer ate some of them. They pulled them out, but probably <laughs> eight, and maybe. Every one of them sent up uh, small spikes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, they yes, have, did they have a little bitty cauliflower-looking structure on the end? No. Yes. Yes, they did. It looked like oh, okay. and then, little antennas. And, then, and this is in full, full sun, right? Yes. When did you plant them? Oh, gosh. <laughs> a long time ago. The broccolis made the big broccoli head. Okay. Yeah, but the cauliflower, it just, like it went to, like it bolted, like it's going to flower. Yeah, you're right. Old. Yeah, it, they all that, did that. That can be caused by uh, using... Uh, Stunted or uh, transplants. Mm-hmm. In, other, in other words, they'll send up a little bitty uh, uh, miniature head like that, uh, it, and and flower pretty quickly. Each plant must have about fifty of those instead of forming that one head. Yeah. Sent out all these antenna-looking things. Yeah. Yeah. How how big did the plant get? I mean, is it a huge? We got huge leaves on it. Yeah, it looks normal. We take the clothespins and close the close it up. Uh, okay, good. 
How how are you how are you watering and fertilizing? I mean, you, I mean, you grow the, grow them every year, or yeah, yes. <clears throat> but this is a new location this year. Is uh, so. if the bro- if the broccoli's doing okay, so and mm-hmm. she's she's fertilized uh-huh. well. Is the cauliflower in the new new location, or were both the broccoli yeah, and the cauliflower? Both, they're both, both the in new, a new location. Huh. Now, I've always found cauliflower harder to grow than broccoli, but uh, yeah. not that much harder. <laughs> uh, I, w- I would say uh, that it's the variety. If all of them did it, and mm-hmm. all of them sent up those little shoots, I would say, and the plant grew well, I would say it, it, uh, it's a, a variety other than snow crown. I maybe need to check back with that nursery and see where yeah, she got so, the plants or what. I thought they were snow crown because that's okay. normally what we buy. Yeah, yeah, uh, for years. Uh, and and out there, I imagine they got them from uh, the nursery that uh, Milberg gets its uh, plants from, which is snow crown. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's well, no we where we planted them this year. We had pigs in there before, so okay. he thought, "Oh, that's good fertilizer." Okay, that's but, that's fine. Like I said, yeah. if your broccoli did okay, your cauliflower should have done okay, but uh, it should have uh, produced a head a little bit later. Now, it, the the deer didn't eat the top out of that bro- cauliflower, did it? No, they, they ate the leaves. They, well, they ate them before they produced. When they were first growing, they got in there and chewed some of them up. Okay, but they didn't eat the top off of the leaves. No, they didn't eat them. They ate them before they were that far. They ate them when they were small plants. Did they eat the they eat the broccoli too? No, I guess they don't like green. <laughs> no, they did. They, we had the, the pigs that we had. They would eat nothing green. When we would huh. throw the cabbage and the broccoli leaves over, they would not eat anything green. Because uh, the, they would not eat them. <laughs> the deer ate the leaves off the smaller plant, right? All yeah. of them. Yes. Well, no, not all of them. Not the ones that put these shoots out. Oh, the okay. Acres, the little plants, they ate them. They never produced. They just, you know, they ate too many of the leaves off, so they just died. Okay. I, I really, I'd really, I really think that that is related to the, the final performance. Right. Oh, yeah. You'll have to, yeah. Especially if you've had, uh, Good years in the past, and the broccoli did fine, and the broccoli didn't get eaten. Right, and we bought from her last year, so I don't know what. Maybe she got a different supplier. There's maybe no, there's nobody in your family that doesn't like cauliflower. <laughs> no, nobody likes it, but uh, so I guess yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 if it. If the nursery was uh, in the San Antonio area, I would imagine that they had snow crown. So uh, that that 
uh, we can't put it off on variety. Right. Uh, and you got them early. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of leaning toward the deer may have damaged them. See the the brock the cauliflower head is primordia uh, the, mm-hmm. the the beginning of the head is in a small plant in the small plant. So if if the if the deer damage that primordia that could uh, cause it to do what you uh, described. This one so, plant that at the that's beginning a, of the uh, row it had that little cauliflower head in it to begin with. It was maybe about two inches across you know yeah. like it's supposed to look yeah. but then with it growing it turned into this monstrosity. So uh, if it mm. mutated, I don't know. You got me. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Well, I'll ask her anyway. <laughs> yeah, stick with your broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Give it another chance next year. Yeah, and see what it thank does. You. Maybe put back to the old location. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Good be. Good luck. Bye-bye. Thank you, Jerry. You take care. That'll free up a line at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, where James is on the line. Hey there, James. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing today? Oh, just fine. How about you guys? Doing all right? Doing okay. Yeah. What's going on, man? Is it nice and warm out there on the porch? You, 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 you're not... You're not cold or anything, are you? Yeah, we got our coats on, but yeah. uh, in the sun, it's wonderful. Well, that's great. I, I kind of worry about you guys, you know, and want to make sure I you're not nice warm. <laughs> you're all right. And our, at our age, too, you know. Yeah, we're, we're cold-natured anyway. That's kind of what it is, yeah. Um, hey, um, the... the the real gardeners say that we ought to plant the nasturtiums next to the, like the uh, cucumbers and the squash and the things that attract the cucumber beetles. Yeah. That nasturtium, it's uh, like a, a bush, little plants, you know, with flowers. Hey, what's yeah. up with that? What? Why does that? Uh, what does that do? What's that all about? Do you know? It doesn't do anything. Makes a nice little flower. <laughs> Makes a flower. They, yeah. You know, they I'm... Eat, they, they they harvest those flowers, and they put them in their salads. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, but how, I've, how got, this, I've, <laughs> I've got a write up <laughs> if I can find it about uh, how all that uh, companion planting got started. Uh, well, what about the can, nasturtiums and the the cucumber beetles? No. No, he doesn't think it. Doesn't think the it works. That doesn't work. Is there any? Uh, were you? Did you find any research documents or anything, James, or any backup to the? Well, support? some of the, the some of the like Rod, rodeos and um, uh, the big boys out in California. Uh, that's what they recommend on companions. Or, yeah, uh, that's that's uh, interesting enough. That's where it got started with the Rodell and the crowd. Malcolm, Malcolm Beck didn't believe in it. 
Jerry's going through his papers. This, yeah. They're, they're only about eight inches tall. So I just saw it a while ago. <laughs> and well, there it go, James. You proved your theory about the old people. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing is, you know, we plant that uh, multi-pick yellow squash four feet apart in rows because, it, you know, it gets big after a while. Yeah. And there's, yeah, can... there's, there's room in the middle for a couple of... Are those nasturtiums, you know, them yeah. gum rows are 125 foot long, man. They, so. they look nice. Well, you ought to uh, do like Steve, uh, one of the gardeners that uh, listens to the show. He switched over to Tatuma so that he doesn't have to put up with those, uh, the boar, the boar, the, uh, oh, squash vine borers. Yeah, if I could get them little old ladies to buy them, but they want yellow squash, and that's the deal. <laughs> so, and you have okay, I found it. Okay, we found it. it says tomatoes. Uh, we're talking about companion plants. Tomatoes, for instance, are supposed to like basil. Similarly, chives and carrots supposedly like each other. They do well in soups together. And so, and so they look say, where does such information come from? Uh, it began a, uh, a number of years ago. Why should tomatoes like basil? <laughs> Typically, the share of, of information can say, I went to the organic gardening literature, which usually is just presented has just, uh, just presented the companion planting co- combinations as fact. By comparing many different accounts of companion plantings, however, I've identified a source. A number of uh, books uh, credited uh, a German name, Pfeiffer, P-F-E-I-F-F-E-R, as an originator of companion planting know-how. And then uh, this guy to the New York Botanical Garden Library revealed who this guy was. He was a German immigrant who was a disciple of Rudolf Steiner, a late 19th century, early 20th century Australian physiologist. Philosopher and mystic. Among <laughs> among well, activities, was the, Gary Steiner was <laughs> yeah. the daddy of the biodynamic movement. Yeah, right. It, it, that's what it says. Um, among other activities, Steiner founded uh, the biodynamic gardening. Gardening was uh, Pfeiffer was only one of a handful of people that Steiner entrusted with making his biodynamic uh, uh, preparation, such as Preparation 502. Oh, yeah, that's 502, which called for yarrow blossoms to be stuffed inside the urinary bladder of a red deer and exposed to the sun over the summer then buried over the winter before being exhumed and used as inoculant to the compost tree heap. This guy was a nut wow. uh, That would have made for interesting radio, though. <laughs> <laughs> so what about the cucumber beetles? Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Obviously, he doesn't right. have anything on the cucumber beetle. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. All right. Well, if we answer, we help poor James, or he, we just he applied he applied this process largely yeah. to the study of plants. If the plant's extract contributed to a clear, orderly pa- uh, pattern of crystals, Pfeiffer judged this to be a sign that the plant was healthy. If the pattern was unclear or disorganized, Pfeiffer would uh, took this as proof the plant was unhealthy. Uh, Pfeiffer observed his, uh, or Pfeiffer published his observation as a companion planting list, picked up and endorsed by J.I. Rodale, an early leader of the American Organic Gardening Movement. This list of supposedly compatible plants became a popular tool of organic gardeners who usually did not know the nature of its origin. Passed down from book to book, Pfeiffer's dubious findings are still promulgated, (laughs) maybe promoted as gospel today. So it got started a long time ago, but... uh, That'll teach you James to ask a question. Yeah, Yeah. boy, did you get it. (laughs) There's going to be a test after this, James. There may be a pop quiz if you stay on the line too long. Let's, but, put, let's put out the uh, challenge, too, if there's anybody that has a, yeah. a source of information on uh, that relationship between nasturtium and uh, <laughs> uh, summer squash. Yeah. We can, uh, we can explore it further. Uh, biodynamic is very popular in Europe, especially Germany, and that's, it's gospel over there. But uh, will the nasturtiums protect? The cucumbers and the squash from the cucumber beetles. Is no. No. <laughs> okay, so all, all that is humbug then. Yeah, right. Well, you can. I think it uh, does you more. Uh, uh, it, it gives you hope that it'll control the 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 way the uh, companion planting that I was going on when I came here and still going on is nematodes I mean uh, marigolds to control nematodes so uh, people would plant them around uh, tomatoes, plant one or two marigolds in their garden and uh, rather than doing it like it was supposed to be done which is planting it thick it has to be planted thick and left for a couple of months before the uh, uh, for the uh, marigolds would secrete the uh, the substance that kills the nematodes, you can't just plant one or two marigolds in the in the yard and expect every the nematodes to go away, because the, the marigolds attract spider mites. So sometimes you're worse off than uh, you were before you planted the marigolds, especially with tomatoes. Yeah, so the, the, the nasturtiums uh, don't attract the, the aphids, and they attract beneficial uh, insects? No. 
I'm trying to. It's been a long time since I've grown nasturtiums. Yeah, we grow grew them up north quite a bit. Yeah, they don't make it in the heat down here. Yeah. No, you can only we did them, and you can only get them in early, and then they poop out after a while. Right, right. After the heat comes. And I can't I can't remember that they they did any tracking aphids or anything. No. I think they were a pretty good plant to use in a northern garden for sure. I don't. Th- I don't think it would uh, control in significantly. Yeah, let's. Uh, and we'll. Yeah, we'll in see. Case we'll put out the word and see. Yeah, give us a call. Out. Hey, James, we got to run to a break. Okay. okay. Thanks, James. Thanks. Bye. All righty. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. We're going to take a break and come back in a moment. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on nine thirty a.m. The answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. All right, I want to tell you something that's happening at Millburgers this month on February 15th. Mark your calendars. It's a day of fun and a day of learning. And maybe the learning will be fun, too. David Rodriguez will be at Millburgers teaching you the spring cleanup to-dos for your lawn and landscape. If you want your landscape to look great this spring, you need to be there at 10 o'clock to 1130 on Saturday the 15th at Millburgers and enjoy David's free presentation on spring cleanup to-dos for your lawn and landscape. And then all through the day, Millburgers will be celebrating the Rodeo and the Rodeo Tomato. The Rodeo Tomato for 2020 will be announced and available for sale and there'll be free chili, Fritos, and drinks from 11 till the pot runs dry. The Texas Weather Band will be there playing your very favorite country music from 11 to 3. There's pony rides, a petting zoo, and much, much more. For more information, go to MillburgerNursery.com and we'll see you February 15th. Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer 210-308-8867. Evelyn is on the line at 210-308-8867. Evelyn, how you been? What's going on? Well, uh, last weekend I was in ER, so I'm good this weekend. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, what happened? You got, you got caught. Time. I'm sorry? You got caught pulling hen bit, didn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a horse herb. A uh, horse herb. It was a yeah, horse herb after you? I heard, I heard Dr. Parsons last Sunday about the old lady with the horse herb. So. <laughs> uh, you don't know how old Evelyn is. Oh. Yeah, yeah I'm too old. <laughs> no. Can I do anything ahead of time to get rid of these little bugs that get into the blooms and ruin them? On pepper blooms. On pepper blooms uh, and... Cucumber beetles? No, no. They're real tiny. You can barely see them. Barely see them? Are they thrips? Yeah, it must be thrips. Uh, Yeah, thrips. Thrips. Thrips are long green things. What do they do? Cause the uh, blooms to fall off? Or what do they do? have lots of blooms and then they turn brown and fall off and that's all I can think. I didn't raise not one pepper last summer. That's weird. You usually they they might be bad at the first of the year. I mean, you know, uh, in in spring, but usually they they kind of come in waves and uh, they stop after temperature starts to warm up a little bit. bit. 
Yeah, they uh, get you in could, my roses, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Especially on white roses. Yes. If it thrips. Uh, yes. And they make they make little uh, uh, red spots on the on the petals of the bloom. Yeah, and then inside they turn all brown. There you go. Uh, I would say. Uh, well, my garden is right by the alley, and I think that's where all the stuff is coming from. I don't know. <laughs> uh, spinosad, uh, a product containing spinosad would be the safest for you to use, but you have to apply it about every four to five days. Uh-huh. Uh, so that, would that work for the alley, too? Just spray the alley and see if I can get rid of the stuff before it comes in the garden? Well, they fly in from long distances. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to spray the, uh, the alley, too. But the main thing you want to do is, is spray the blooms and the buds before they open. Uh-huh. Of the roses and the, the peppers. And I don't know if they have, if he, if uh, Trace has spinosad in a, uh, a hose-in sprayer of a, a formula or not. Well, I have the pump-up sprayer. Oh, good for you. Okay, then you can just get any product uh, that has spinosad in it and uh-huh. mix it in your pump-up sprayer. Okay. And then spray it every four to five days? Yes. And spray the blooms of the roses and the peppers. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Hopefully I can did, have some peppers this year. There you go. Did they did they fix <laughs> it? Did they fix it? Did they live about ten blocks from me and he's got bukus of peppers, he brings me peppers and here I can't even raise one. <laughs> did they did they fix you up in the hospital? I'm sorry? I said did they fix you up in the hospital? I guess so. I'm a lot better. I was blood pressure and uh, my uh, heart was uh, racing. Okay. Oh, okay. So well, get better. Yeah, me too, because I want a garden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take her easy. I to get out there now. Yeah, they I have used lots to... of broccoli and the cauliflower. Good. And just learn to live with the horse herb. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, uh, they used to tell my grandmother in, uh, in Tennessee, uh, when she got uh, to, in the late 80s, or late 80s, I'm and there. started having many strokes. She <laughs> mm. had strokes, and the doctor would come down there every every year after she had one of these strokes, and said, "Well, she'll never garden again." Mm-hmm. And when the spring came along, she was the first one out there. She was the first one out there. <laughs> there you go. You know, there's a there's a, a book that we interviewed the author. Oh yeah, Evelyn. Uh, that was uh, really has an interesting philosophy about uh, uh, us us older people keeping gardening. <laughs> you know, she you know had all these recommendations, and you just do some adjusting, and you and you could continue to uh, stay in control and and yeah. be in the garden. I can't remember her her name. No, we'll get the the name of the book. We'll, I don't remember. Yeah, it. we'll. We'll, we'll announce it. So yeah, well, that's what you get a chance. Going is getting it. out in the yard and in the garden. Otherwise, if they close me up in the house for a day or two, well, I'm ready to climb the walls. 
Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. You're a good girl. Or you can go down to the tavern and have a few uh, beers. If we could just get you to leave that horse herb alone. Just him, just let it go, Evelyn. It's okay. Life's too short. Get out of here. I think, I think horse herb is good for heart conditions. Isn't it? You're making this up. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks, Evelyn. Thank you, Evelyn. Thank you. you take care. That's the good work. Uh, you bye-bye. 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 We got a question about... Uh, well, we got we got about a, a half a minute here, so... Do, you want to do it now, or do you want to wait? Can you wait a sec? We'll do it after the news. Or you can talk to Jerry. Talk to Jerry, yeah. Oh, okay, talk to Jerry. All right, we're going to take a break while we do. But you don't give get us near call. the cat. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up. Don't forget, next weekend will be the big rodeo celebration with a rodeo tomato call. Red snapper. There you go. I read in the paper, and you see we've my got fish on plant answers. And we've got them here at Millburgers right now. We got. We'll have, but uh, we'll have them next week. And uh, David Rodriguez will be here too. For more information, go to millburgernursery.com. That's millburgernursery.com. Back in a moment. Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Now, you can come on over here. We'll just... Now, you'd be on the air. Is that okay? All right. So let's finish up your question. I'm going to let Trace take the mic. 210-308-8867. We're answering a grape question for somebody. Okay. This fellow has a, has, tra- has, has a Mustang on a trellis, Mustang grape on a trellis, and he wants to put a improved variety on that. Uh, I, I wasn't able to convince him just to get one that was already. <laughs> well. Uh, he, has, he has an affection for the. This, uh, this wild one that's there. <laughs> They've got one here called uh, Victoria Red, which uh, is resistant to Pierce's disease, which kills the, the uh, uh, vinifera grapes, and uh, has a wonderful grapes. Yeah, it tastes big, good. Big, too. long clusters, yeah. if you can keep the birds and people away from them. They, uh, they sell that here. I would get it. And I would put it uh, in a, a larger container, like a, a ten gallon, a five gallon. Uh, right, let's do already, five gallon. Already, I think in, they're already in threes or fives already. Oh, right, in five gallons? Uh, three, threes or fives. Okay, uh, but uh, then let let it put it in close close proximity to the to the your mustang, your grape. Right under it, as a matter of fact. And let them both leaf out, uh, form, form, form uh, laterals, and uh, then pick a lateral, uh, pick, pick one of the limbs on the Mustang that's close to the, gr- close to the ground, closer to the, to the potted plant is. And then when the potted plant put, sends out a, a limb or stem, uh, then mesh them together. Uh, yeah, what you do, you take a, 
uh, it's called uh, approach grafting. And uh, you take it, take a stem off the one the the uh, you t- take a take a stem off of the uh, victor off the grape that you want to ha- uh, graft and scratch the side of it and where uh, and look and see where you can attach it to that uh, mustang and scratch the side of it. Uh, down to the cambium layer, or the, right under the bark, and then put those two together and wrap them. Now they're 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 staying with their their parent yeah, system for now, right? And uh, av- uh, give it about now uh, um, six to eight six to eight weeks, and uh, then. You cut it away. You cut the the one that you grafted the the grafted grape. You cut it away under the where it's grafted to the mustang, and then you cut the mustang away uh, above where you grafted it, if it took. And uh, you you you'll be able to again. All this is on plantanswers.com. Under propagation. Now, is this, is this going to work if if you've got one that has a four-inch diameter of Mustang and it's got all this stem? Yeah. You you won't. So, it, it, so it, you're cutting off the all the lat, all the ladder behind the graft only on that branch it comes out. You're right. Cutting off that whole stem out there. Well, you've got to force uh, the Mustang to have sprouts or, or shoots that you can graft. Because you can't graft it on a... Well, I guess you could, but uh, it's harder to graft it on a four mm-hmm. or five inch caliper. Now, you're going to have to... Like on a one-inch lateral on the mm-hmm. old stuff. Right. You're right. going ha- to have to use all your annual leave up at the, at work so that you can <laughs> concentrate on... We used to have a guy in, uh, I think he passed away, in Somerset <laughs> that had a whole row of Mustangs that he did like that. And he grafted on two. And they, he had big, big time they, grapes every year. They they readily take to a, a Mustang. Well, that's interesting. Guess I need to go find one of those grapes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll run you down here. <laughs> and, and, and watch your the little dog there. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. cat doesn't attack. 210-308-8867. Cool. All right. 210-308. Do you want to do that and come right back? Okay. Thanks. All right. He's going to show you where. All righty. Thank you. Thanks, okay. Thanks for coming on here. here. Alright, 210-308-8867 is our number, or like a, a number of people. I think we've had five people come up or, and ask their gardening question in person, so uh, you can also come by and uh, if you want to be on the air, great, and if you don't, that's okay too, but 210-308-8867, toll free, it's 866-308-8867. Yes, the dog is being... The dog. She is definitely not going near that uh, that cow. <laughs> She's well, very, Milton's not either. She's very, we're both very smart. <laughs> All right. So 210-308-8867. So we got a lot of calls, and we forgot to let's go back to Calvin's article um, on the tomatoes. On the Are rodeo those grapes t- on sale, Milton? The rodeo tomato? I don't think so. 
I think the fruit trees are... They're for sale. They're for sale. I don't think they're on sale. Actually, we'll have to ask they Trace were. when he they comes in. 10% off everything. Well, let's, let's clear that up with Trace. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's still clear it up with I've Trace. I've got the printout. Okay. You can... Uh, 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 super, super, Super Bowl. Yeah, the fifty-four. Well, okay, it's a kind of just a big. You game. can be a winner. Mm-hmm. I'm reading off the ad. Ten percent off everything. All right. Wait a minute. We'll get clarity. One twenty. through two, three, 20, February third. All right, so it's Monday. All right, Marjorie is on the line at 210-308-8867. Hey there, Marjorie. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Hi there. Good. Well, yeah, what, we can hear you. What's going on? Um, I have some lilies. Uh, they're a type of swamp lily. I'm not sure how to pronounce them. Crinum or crinium? Oh, the lily. Crinum? Yes. You've okay. got crinums? Yes. Okay. Well, good. I've had them for about 10 years, and they've never bloomed. They've never bloomed? Yeah. The, uh, it, where, where'd you get them? At a nursery? Or did you dig them out of a homestead? No, I, I dug them out. Uh, that, the, you dug them up? Yes. They were hard to dig, weren't they? Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm checking to make sure you dug them up. Cause, uh, if, if you if you ever dig a crinum, you have respect for them. Yes, and they propagate like crazy, and I give them away, and they bloom in everybody's garden but mine. Uh, have mm-hmm. you got them in the shade? Um, I have some in the shade and some in the sun, and... The ones, uh, the ones in the full sun should bloom. Uh, once that once they get old, uh, I mean they have to be older, kind of like right. a couple of years old. If you just dug them, uh, well, but you say you've been giving them away and everything. Uh, and the other neighbors yeah. have. So, uh, do you know what kind it is? Um, I do not. I don't because I've never seen them bloom. <laughs> no. Well, but but you've seen your neighbors, the others bloom, haven't you? Uh, well, I sent them to different states. So they're blooming in New York and they're blooming in Nebraska. Oh. Well, but you got to... And when you, when, you when you say full sun, you're being... You're not being optimistic, are you? <laughs> Uh, well, I have them sun. in a pot. I, I have them in a pot now in full sun, and I'm wondering if they need to go into the ground. Well, they don't always need to go in the ground, but... <laughs> they do well in the ground. Yeah. You, you got them out of the ground, didn't you? Yes. Okay. Put them, so, in, a, put them in a full location in the ground. In full sun. In full sun. Yeah, not really... The the sun that hits the ground, not not just and the trees. Yeah, not not uh, dappled sun. Okay, I will do that. 
It it's uh, you you heard what uh, what we said about the uh, crimes, didn't you? Doctor Doctor Bill Welch has made the statement, uh, which he says a crime has never died. I remember years ago when I first moved to San Antonio, they said that you will be giving them to your grandchildren's grandchildren. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know they're hardy. Yeah, they're hardy. All right. Drought tolerant and everything else. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Marjorie. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. All right, we'll get back I to Kevin's article. I think uh, Trace said he was going to get some crimes in this year. Oh, good. Well, we'll come back. Which is hard to find. He was up on the porch ready to talk with us, and but he wanted to help that man find the grapes. So, All right, 210-308-8867. Getting back to Kevin's uh, tomato article, the, I'll... I'll uh, next week, next weekend, next weekend, I'll put it uh, put it on plantanswers dot com on the rodeo tomato on the rodeo tomato red snapper red snapper, and uh, I'm gonna put my fish picture on there. Oh, too. good, yeah. I figure people see the fish, they'll remember the red that. snapper fish. Yeah, you'd be surprised how many pictures of red snapper fish there are on the internet. Okay. You think, but, uh, but very, I very can't understand well, why you think that they would remember Red Snapper when they can't remember HM8849. Uh, I can't remember that. Yeah. Luckily, there's three of us, and one of us usually can remember it. But Yeah, Calvin's got a good article in there in the paper. And uh, I, li- I like the last part of his article where it talks about... Uh, uh, it says red snapper promises to produce well in most of central Texas condition, but it is not nematode resistant. So, if those of you who have nematodes, uh, Calvin says, if a portion or all of your garden is infested with nematode, Use one of the previous nematode-resistant rodeo varieties, such as Celebrity, Tycoon, BHN968, the Cherry Tomato, or Valley Cat. So uh, all of which we have, most of the time we have here at uh, at Millburger. But uh, I'll tell you, you people that... When you pulled your tomatoes up or your okra up and you had knots on the roots, uh, uh, get get a get get one of those nematode-resistant varieties. That's your only hope. Now, if you plant a, a nematode-susceptible variety in there, like it, let's say you want to try the new tomato, you want to get it out. In the soil as early as you can plant because uh, nematodes don't really start uh, tripling their population until the soil temperature warms up. And if you follow Calvin's instructions on how to uh, how to uh, uh, pot them up, get a larger root system and larger plant before you put them in the garden. 
and uh, maybe put them, plant them through black plastic that'll heat up the soil, uh, you might you might beat the nematode damage. And uh, the interesting thing about that, I was talking to a, a virologist, a, a person that uh, in charge of the nematode for Texas A&M, and they say, and I've seen this on tomatoes, they say that a light infestation of nematodes actually increases yields, increases the vigor of the plant for some reason. Huh. But... Uh, uh, to beat the nematode, you got to plant earth. Well, you know now that you're going to appear as a Jerry Parsons quoted saying that <laughs> it'll start out as a light uh, infestation yeah, of nematodes, and next it'll be any <laughs> nematode, or nematodes no longer uh, <laughs> interfere with your production. Right. And then they'll, they'll somebody... Ten years from now, horticulturists will <laughs> say it. I don't know where this started. I, that, that Jerry Parsons started it, I guess. Well, we, uh, where, where we've seen it is with okra. Sometimes you pull a, a okra is notorious for having nematode. And sometimes when you pull up your okra, the plants are so big and have produced so much, yet they still have nematode. Hmm. So there's a... And if you use population control for the nematodes, like cereal rye, in the in the fall, in the fall, but it's too late to do that now. Uh, you can kind of keep well, them at bay. Well, a lot of gardens have a portion of the garden has nematode infestation. Right. And you can kind of, I have that part, and I kind of have that identified, you know, and that's where my nematode resistant. Uh, tomato varieties are put my onions are put there in. you go i when i used to do sweet corn that was there but i didn't i don't do much sweet corn anymore but onion the onions do fine yeah but but boy yeah you're right it's a kiss of death to put neiman uh, to put uh, <laughs> okra in there oh yeah so uh keep that in mind uh if you want to try the the red snapper tomato of course you could always grow it in a container. That's you that's, know a large uh, whiskey barrel size container. Yeah, that's not all. That's not all bad either because it's they're so easy to easy to control the uh, weeds. Yeah, and to keep them watered, give them the, all the attention we talk about. Yeah, fertilize osmocote and then do that regular application of uh, soluble fertilizer. You yep. really do a good a good job, especially in a big container like the half whiskey barrel, or some of those plastic, uh, si- half whiskey barrel size containers. I guess you. Where, where did we see people getting those at Costco and some places like that? Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the so just f- find one of those and t- test two or three of the of the new rodeo tomatoes. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, when. What's the schedule on these rodeo tomatoes now? Do we uh, pot them up and save them until the I mean, middle of March? So next week, next week is the let's see, thurs, week, Thursday yeah. is rodeo starts. Right. Next week is the kind of the rodeo celebration for the mm-hmm. rodeo tomato here at Millburgers, and Saturday will be will be all that with the music and the pony rides and the chili and stuff and. 
Uh, we'll, we'll double check with Trace, but I believe a portion of the proceeds from that day will yeah, go back to the Master Gardener. Garden, yeah. yeah. Cool. And uh, potting up, Calvin talks about, potting up involves planting the transplant in a one- or three-gallon plastic container, which you can get here. Yeah, actually you can. If you can't afford a whiskey barrel, half whiskey barrel, uh, filled with, listen to this, Osmocote-enriched. Oh, I don't know what that means. Is that like copious amounts? Is that copious amounts? He's shaking his head yes. Osmocote's enriched potting mix. So we have all of that. Okay. (laughs) And uh, so you pot them up and keep keep them out of the wind and go. The idea there is that if you plant them directly in the garden, the soil is just too cold and they... I, d- I describe it as hardening off. It's not technically it may. It's just the growth rate just stops. Yeah. They'll they'll stay alive. They won't die. But you kind of lose that momentum that you really really is necessary if you're going to take advantage of our short tomato growing seasons. You want them growing fast and uh, setting fruit. And you can do that if you pot up the tomatoes and then put them in the garden. Uh, sometimes after March 1st is warm enough, but right. March 15th is a more conservative, or even some gardeners don't do it till April 1st. And uh, and and you can also keep them portable in case we have another cold night, which That's is right. coming up uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night. Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday night? Or you want the forecast? to rain Tuesday night? It's supposed to rain Tuesday night. Okay. 50% chance of showers Tuesday night with a low around 45. 20% chance of showers on Wednesday, high near 57. 30, or the 20% chance of showers Wednesday night with a low around 38. And then it warms up. And that 38 may be... A wet 38, probably. Uh, may be uh, too, too, too high. In other words, this is an Arctic front. Oh, so you down. think they're... Um, like so they may have to revise it. Yeah. Revise it. He's such a optimist, isn't he? Let me go look at a... This is from Weather. But I've already said it's not going to frost again, hasn't it? Yeah, you did. You predicted the morning, the mountain laurel bloom. There you go. Now I'm shifted. Now I don't want it to freeze anymore. <laughs> I want it to... This. Uh, I don't mind some more of those 38-degree uh, days. This yeah. is kind of wonderful during the day. <laughs> and and yeah. our cool weather plants love it. Calvin got the fruit trees blooming, right? That's right. That te- te- Texas, uh, I mean, uh, Florida King yep. that we talk about all the time that we, Jerry and I like is is in bloom. And uh, we've had at least one other gardener report that it was in bloom. It's a low chill. You know, I didn't check my Red Baron, Jerry, to see if that was. Yeah, it's usually first, one of the first ones to bloom. And uh, then, oh, I know, we had uh, somebody tell us that they're. Uh, um, La Feliciana was. Uh, in yeah, the, that's right. In Several the, people, and yeah. that surprised me. Yeah, my I looked at uh, June, my June Gold and uh, Rio Grande. All some of those, none of those were showing any action. Yeah, La Feliciana is supposed to mature fruit in July. Uh, but uh, everything's it, it, on. It is, it is a fairly low chiller. Yeah, everything's unpredict a little bit unpredictable, and. We, you know, we got to remember it's a local environment, and when That's we're talking, true. we're talking about 
four or five degrees difference really makes a big difference. And even even within the San Antonio area, you can easily have that much difference. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'll give you the KSAT forecast from KSAT.com. Uh-oh. It is a little different. Is that right? Not huge. Do we like it better? Um, less chance of rain, a little cooler temperatures. Uh-oh. Back in a moment on 930 AM, this is Millburgers Gardening South Texas on The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 Mbolvordy Road. All right, I want to tell you something that's happening at Millburgers this month on February 15th. Mark your calendars. It's a day of fun and a day of learning. And maybe the learning will be fun, too. David Rodriguez will be at Millburgers teaching you the spring cleanup to-dos for your lawn and landscape. If you want your landscape to look great this spring, you need to be there at 10 o'clock to 1130 on Saturday the 15th at Millburgers and enjoy David's free presentation on spring cleanup to-dos for your lawn and landscape. And then all through the day, Millburgers will be celebrating the Rodeo and the Rodeo Tomato. The Rodeo Tomato for 2020 will be announced and available for sale and there'll be free chili, Fritos, and drinks from 11 till the pot runs dry. The Texas Weather Band will be there playing your very favorite country music from 11 to 3. There's pony rides, a petting zoo, and much much more. For more information, go to millburgernursery.com and we'll see February 15th. Back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867. Jerry's answering a question off the air. So uh, I know he wants to hear the forecast, so I'll wait a second to to do that. But so he can go... Growl at it, or yeah, you can growl at the the the. the all right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. All right, he's back now, and you can. Uh, we'll talk about that man's question in a moment. But uh, today, the KSAT, according to KSAT dot com, mostly sunny today. All right, so yeah. far seventy degrees for the high, forty four for the low. No chance of rain. Increasing clouds tomorrow. Seventy. Uh, oh no! High. I don't th- like clouds. I know. High about 74, low about 55. Okay. Monday, 20% chance of rain with a shower, a few showers early. High of the front si- coming in. I guess, well, not yet, because <laughs> high is 75, low is just 60. Okay. Tuesday, partly cloudy, uh, 0% chance of showers. 80 degrees for the high, which will be really nice, and 42 for the low. Then it looks like it's when it comes in. Wednesday, the low is 35. I never says so that mean Wednesday morning. Probably, yeah. Okay, and then the high is fifty with a thirty percent, not a fifty for them, but KSAP predicts a thirty percent chance of rain. Well, that's yeah. Anyway, so it's, it's uh, not much. Three degrees. I, yeah, that that won't hurt a hurt okay. fruit tree. All right, but do you know what's going on before that happens? Mm, no. Like in the next two or three days. What? Calvin says, reduce scale insect activity on stone fruits like and citrus and euonymus and other infested plants by applying a dormant or horticultural oil to the stems, trunks, and foliage. 
Now, the reason uh, uh, make the application when two days of temperatures over 45 degrees are forecast. And so you're forecasting at least two, maybe three. Right? Yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, and that's this is important. Uh, uh, even Neil Sperry mentioned it in his column uh, last year, last weekend, I think. And uh, it it gets rid of things that you cannot see, problems that you cannot see, problems that that <clears throat> accumulate every year if you don't yeah. address them. Oh, okay. Scale is the most obvious, but there's there's all kinds of uh, insects hiding there. Somebody asked an interesting question about. Uh, uh, Beneficial insects. How many were did uh, horticultural oil destroy? And my answer was that uh, very few, in turn, uh, compared to the insects. Benefits. Yeah, the yeah. Ins- the insects that were a threat to the plant. I think I think what happens is uh, when when you start applying that uh, that scale insect uh uh, summer oil, they smell it. The beneficials smell it, and uh, and get out of the way of that uh, scale insect. They're sure clever. Yeah, <coughs> they can smell that uh, uh, dormant oil, uh, mm-hmm. horticultural oil. And, and information you'll hear no place else. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty. Again, it sounds a lot like we we're in a tavern here. Yeah, yeah you kinda. can see them more running, Milton. Oh, these those beneficial running. Ah, oh, get out of here! I smell it. <laughs> All right. So, I was wondering. Uh, let's see. Did they? When I got that question, I was wondering about the uh, ladybug. If the juvenile forms were, uh, the, they don't uh, feed on scale. Um, well, they they might if the uh, if, that's the, if the scale were moving during that period. Well, that's true. But I, I, I think the I think the adults overwinter, or maybe the eggs too. So yeah. that, that's that's kind of an interesting question. That, though, but they overwinter in the ground, don't they, ladybugs? I don't know for sure. I think they do. Uh, some of those ladybugs seem like they overwinter in our our houses. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that's a new that's a introduced new... lady a ladybug. Let's see, the Asian? Don't they call it Asian ladybug? Yeah, I can't remember, but but it was uh, it's the one that shows up. That was introduced into Texas by none other than Texas A and M. Oh, okay. To control the uh, aphids and. Problems on pecan trees, huh. and uh, little did they know that they would uh, <laughs> that in the winter those uh, the they're green uh, rather than red like the regular uh, ladybug, but they come in the houses and in big mats and ball up in the corner. So A and M don't doesn't publicize the fact that. No. We were released. <laughs> that day, within a few years, they'll probably have to get a big grant, a grant from the legislature. There you go. Like with like the fire ants and the cotton root rot and the, and uh, bees. Uh, absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
He talked about recycling leaves uh, in the This Week in the Garden in today's paper uh, on the lawn to provide the lawn important organic material, uh, basically lawn dressing. Speed up the decomposition of the leaves by mowing them. If you prefer, the leaves can be used for mulch or in the compost pile. And Neil seems to prefer that. Yeah, Neil uh, Neil has a question on his. Uh, somebody wrote in and said that uh, uh, that I put a, a put, uh, the question was I put a lot of oak, sycamore, and magnolia leaves <laughs> into my compost last year. I really wanted to be able to use the compost in my garden this spring. But nothing much happened to it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. How can I get it to break down faster? And uh, how much longer is it likely to take? <laughs> Those magnolia leaves last forever. They seem to, yeah. Well, they, if they if you got one of the... Oak uh, leaves, too, are tough. Oh, shredders? Shredders. They, uh, you know, Bonnie Hammett... Used to be uh, big shredder. Fun- oh yeah, she was a fanatic. <laughs> I, I mean, I got. She used to make me nervous because she always eyed anything that had uh. all these leaves. Don't you think we could prune some of those leaves off uh. of there? And so she shred them. But uh, the compost, if you shred it up into those small pieces, and you're pretty careful, you know that, uh, like the green material, they uh, you can get it to decompose and. Uh, you know, four or five weeks, six weeks at the most. Remember, Jerry, when we used to have the Master Gardeners were having these competitions, kind of fanatical about, in <laughs> uh, there, you know, some folks with the right small units were getting stuff to decompose in three or four weeks. Oh, wow. But uh, when you have a big pile, and I've said on this program a lot of times, most people rot yeah. instead of oh. compost. That's it. That's the way I do There's it. There's no it's, heat unit. It's pretty, uh, pretty, you know. It's a pretty convenient way to do it. You oh, pull weeds yeah. from the garden, you throw it in there, and you, you know, in no real rush. It's kind of an ongoing process, but uh, you can uh, composition uh, composting it can be a real active process, and you yeah. can make it work real fast. Yeah, I think, uh, like Kevin was talking about in his write-up. Uh, Shredding them before you put them in the with a lawnmower or with a shredder, before you put them in the compost pile is the best idea. A lot of not not a lot of people have magnolia leaves. No, but that's uh, Neil said uh, that no. you mentioned some of the species that have the most durable leaves, and so. Uh, but I I I don't I never have had trouble with uh, live oaks. I mean live oak leaves. Yeah, Which they, is what we, the majority of what we have yeah. here. I, I always think of them as the kind of the happy medium. They're they're kind of great for uh, paths. And yeah, yeah. Last long enough for that. But they're, uh, it's enough nitrogen level and that you, and you don't have to use six inches deep to uh, right. have some benefit from them. And uh, yeah, the growing season's over and it always seems like they've decomposed without. Right, detracting from the nitrogen source, and I always, any any time I add uh, 
leaves, especially on decomposed leaves, uh, I add a little bit of extra fertilizer that's, to help in decomposition. Key. You can even, if you want to speed up your compost, compost, yeah, a little bit of, you know, you, you got a little bit of your uh, winterizer left. Uh, yeah. Toss it in there. That'll, that'll really speed up the process. Uh, Neil said you must keep the compost pile warm and moist at all times, winter included. Warm? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. That's that's for Dallas, probably. Yeah. But uh, uh, I was talk, talking to Malcolm Beck, uh, oh. and he was he was. I asked Mark, Malcolm, uh, what is the uh, main cause of people failing to have a compost pile? In other words, have it decomposed. Uh-huh. And he said, too much water. A lot of people put it under a drainage. Oh. Uh, you know, the house drainage. Yeah. And it stays too wet. And it won't it won't heat up. Oh. So, so that's where it rots? Yeah. Okay. You know, it works really well for uh, an ingredient as uh, chickweed and uh, oh. our, hand, our hand bit. <laughs> I was I was thinking too of uh, if you got the chickweed. You know, we talked about trying to get the uh, the lettuce to germinate mm. this year, and uh, mine finally germinated. But I notice now that the it's overwhelmed by the <laughs> chickweed. Hand bit. Yeah, hand I mean bit. the chickweed hand hand bit. and. It, it it's all kind of the the foliage is kind of crumbly even because of that oh yeah constant moisture from yeah, that yeah. from that uh, chickweed yeah so keep, uh, that, we have to we have to weed our blue bonnets every year and the happiest day in our lives <laughs> was when Dr. Stein found a herbicide that would control henbit yeah, but you can't buy it. By the way, it's the soybean herbicide. Uh, homeowners can't buy, it. and uh, not kill the blue bonnet. Not and let, still let the blue bonnet germinate. Oh, that makes sense. Soybean. Yeah. Related. Yeah. They. It's Which a, is a it's legume. In the bean legume. Yeah. So uh, that that helps us, but inbid was a was a problem uh, because when it overtakes. You're planting a blue bonnet. It causes them to get uh, powdery mildew or powder. It, it aggravates powdery mildew. Well, I always thought that the powdery mildew strain, that many strains of powdery mildew uh, that got on the hen bit was transferred over to the, uh, to the blue bonnet. But I was told... By plant pathologists, it's a separate. It's separate, separate uh, species. It's a it's a mini composting operation. Yeah, right. right. I've seen the same thing for uh, snapdragons and oh, stocks. Yeah. If that uh, chickweed henbit grows in there and there's no air movement and it's all that moist, it's not very long before the leaves start disintegrating. Yeah, and henbits. Uh, not the easiest thing to get rid of. Uh, the uh, you have to take it out of the garden. We, the, well, we had to had henbit come up bad in our uh, planting at the Verstraden farm, farm, and we had to go in there and uh, hand pull it. 
My there, there, there's part of our sustainable My volunteers. Sustainable winter. All line. right. Can we ask Congratulations. Can we have you on the air and ask your question? <laughs> Go. He doesn't. He doesn't want to admit he 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 doesn't like that uh, grass he pulled up. Oh, okay. Here, grab the mic. You'll be you'll be on the air, and these guys will be able to help you. Here you go. What you got there? All right, gentlemen, I have something that's uh, covering most of my lawn. Isn't it great? Uh, no, no, no. I have not mowed it, and I hate to say this. Um, I was deployed, and my wife didn't have enough room in the garage, so she sold all of my uh, my mowers. Whoa, so, Lord, oh, no. I love her still. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been taking this around. People immediately say, it's crabgrass. And I'm like, well, no. in my experience, no. crabgrass has a larger blade and is red towards the bottom. And, and it's in the crabgrass only grows in the summer. Right. This so, is a, it's not crabgrass. It's rescue grass. It's rescue grass. It's a, it's a winter weed that we talk about a lot. It's an exotic. Uh, <laughs> but it... Uh, it, it, it's easy to prevent with a pre-emergent. Yeah, if you you apply it in uh, about uh, August uh, for September for September first, and then okay. it won't it's come. Harder to prevent when you're overseas. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. Will, will weed-free zone take it out? We don't know that. We were a little. We were debating that. We were talking about a, uh, a post-emergent herbicide that you apply to things like uh, a bed straw and henbit and that broadleaves it takes it out and one of our one of our listeners had some luck with it they thought on uh, even on this gra- grass Rescue grass yeah um, okay because the, the, the issue there is once it's growing if you kill it, what about the gra- the lawn grass that's growing under oh. it? It's underneath it, San right. Augustine. And, uh, I've got San Augustine underneath it. Yeah. Weed-free zone doesn't kill that. Won't kill San Augustine. but we kill San Augustine. But the question is, will it kill rescue grass, too? How big's your lawn? How big is my lawn? <laughs> wow. Uh, wrong question to ask me. Uh, I, I mean, would... huge. No. No, about medium size. Uh-huh. Okay. You might... I don't know if you you, you either get a either get a lawn a lawnmower or uh, the, the reason we talk about that is that that, that it mows pretty well it looks really nice in the in the winter time, but uh, if you if you're willing you know you might want to experiment with that the weed free zone and just weed free zone okay yeah see if it'll see if it'll take it out you don't want to invest yeah a huge amount they've got it on in uh, holes in sprayers where you just Okay. Spray it on. And that'll, if you got, you know, you've got hand bit or thistle or uh, dandelions or any of those, it'll it'll take okay. them out for sure. Like dollar grass and clover? Yeah, yes. And uh, oxalis and clover, yeah. All right. Um, Sounds great, gentlemen. T- I tell me about it. your lawn under there. Well, did, it's did, a, did, your, did your selling off wife uh, <laughs> uh, water the lawn this summer? Uh, no, she doesn't water. She she's not so a water person. Got, have you got any St. Augustine left? I've got a little bit, but not a whole lot. Well, thank you for uh, <laughs> serving. Yeah. Yeah. These are some of the unknown hazards. Yeah, that's right. yes, that are made. You yeah. sacrificed your lawn for your money. <laughs> yeah. Look at it that way. Thank you all very much. Yeah, Thanks, good man. luck. Hey, let us know if uh, how that if you if you decide to experiment. 
Yeah, let, all right. Thank you. Weed free zone. All right. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Let's take a break. Rescue While we do, give us a call. 210-308-8867. More in a moment on 930 AM. The answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. All right, I want to tell you something that's happening at Millburgers this month on February 15th. Mark your calendars. It's a day of fun and a day of learning. And maybe the learning will be fun, too. David Rodriguez will be at Millburgers teaching you the spring cleanup to-dos for your lawn and landscape. If you want your landscape to look great this spring, you need to be there at 10 o'clock to 1130 on Saturday the 15th at Millburgers and enjoy David's free presentation on on spring cleanup to-dos for your lawn and landscape. And then, all through the day, Millburgers will be celebrating the Rodeo and the Rodeo Tomato. The Rodeo Tomato for 2020 will be announced and available for sale, and there'll be free chili, Fritos, and drinks from 11 till the pot runs dry. The Texas Weather Band will be there playing your very favorite country music from 11 to 3. There's pony rides, a petting zoo, and much, much more. For more information, go to millburgernursery.com and We'll see you February 15th. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 a.m. The answer, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Toll free, 866-308-8867, the number to call. Um, I've got a question from the crowd here. Did you want to come on the air and ask your question, sir? Did you want to be on the air and ask your question? Okay, so <laughs> you help him. We're going to help Tony uh, real quick at 210-308-8867. Tony, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you very much. I'm a frequent listener and enjoy all your advice. Well, thanks for calling in, man. What's going on? Well, I've got a cactus garden. Uh, on my balcony, but it gets roasted by the sun um, the way it's uh, kinda, laid out. Uh, yeah. so hey, you're on speaker, are you, Tony? No, sir. I'll see if I can get in a better okay. area. Okay, it's okay, just so, a little hard to hear you. So I'm looking at shade cloth. They have a black shade cloth and a tan shade cloth. What did I use? for protecting my cactus. So a black shade cloth or a tan shade cloth for protecting cactus. Now you're protecting cactus from what? From the, the cold or the sun. heat or what? The sun, the, the intense sun, the west intensity. The intense the sun from the west. Hmm. I, I've never... I've never heard of the the need for that. Is that, um, you know, generally we think of the cactus and the succulents as being full sun plants that are don't need. How, what and what are the the, the percentages of uh, shading? Um, I, I don't know what you mean. And the shade cloth. The shade what's, cloth. What's the difference between the, the uh, black and the, the tan in terms of percentage of shade it creates? Oh, that I don't know. But I know last year my succulents fried. You know, they all got sunburned. And so uh, 
So I know I need to do something to uh, protect them because they're just getting sunburned. Wow, I just, I just I've ne- never heard of that before. Um, I, th- I think. Um, so, so have you conferred with anybody? I mean, are you in the cactus and succulent uh, club? Not really. No. Uh huh. I just was wondering if any of our other uh, producers use uh, shade cloth. I've never heard of that. Yeah, that maybe we may need to do some yeah. research on that. Yeah, we need to maybe maybe we'll put the. Can we put the word out? How much time we got left, Milton? Uh, just about five minutes, but we can ask tomorrow too. Yeah, we'll, since he's a listener, we'll, we'll have to see if that's an option. Because it's in my experience, it's not. But I don't, you know, I don't make a real uh, practice out of growing a big succulent garden. Uh, so I, okay. I, I guess we, I can't answer that question right now. But let's see if we can get uh, some opinions of some folks that have had successful cactus gardens and see if they uh, if they make a recommendation in terms of shade cloth and which w- which would be all right can we do it that way yeah we'll ask thank you very much too. all right thanks okay. tony this will be a project for us 210 will we remember milton yeah we'll remember when we see trace again we'll ask him tomorrow i think he's still helping that man 210-308-8867 james is back on and with us what's going on james i wanted to ask uh Doctors, that hen bit, is that that one that's got all the little violet flowers on it? Yeah, purple purple flowers yeah. and kind of ruffled leaves. Yeah, the ruffled leaves, yeah. Uh, I use, uh, yeah, that's that one. I, uh, I use that uh, Santa Claus herbicide on that. Santa Claus herbicide? Okay. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Ah. Oh, you know it's it's a it's a little difficult to hoe it like when it's in a cut flower garden with snapdragons or or in a lettuce lettuce or even carrots and things. Oh, uh, it's always a little easier to to pull it, and of course it's not that's but, not the easiest thing in the world. You're calling that you're calling it hen bent bent. What, bit. what do you call it? Bit. bit. B-I-T. Like yeah. you got bit by the hen. And then there's chickweed, which grow, seems to grow together, together with it or in, in the same way, at least. Is that that real small fly, a real small leaf and it's hard to pull? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's not It's not a hard to mow, but it's real moist. And when you pull it, when you pull it out, it's, uh, you, you know, you get... Soggy knees and uh, wet hands from well, hen bit. That, I mean, from on that hen bit, it's coming up in some of this Elbon rye that I planted. But when it goes to flower, if if you pull it real easy, uh, the whole plant will come out uh, and the roots. I no, I noticed that. Yeah, that's right. You it's not. To- it's relatively. It's not one of those that. Uh, Oh, pulls up like, like rescue grass. If you pull it up, the whole root yeah. system comes with it, and then you, you might pull your snapdragons and your lettuce up with mm. it. But yeah, you're right. The hen bit and the chickweed, you can do a pretty good job by feel, and pull those out without pulling out your your flowers or or your vegetables. Okay. Well, I did. I've got it in the. It's coming up in. Uh, 
Um, the Elbon Rye, just in a few places on the border and maybe two or three places uh, in the, I mean, this stuff's a foot tall plus. And I was wondering, I heard you guys talking, I was wondering what you, what you were talking about, but that's that's what I've got is hen, hen, hen bit. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, that's right, because it uh, does a good job of grow, growing in rescue grass, too. Uh, oh, and I'm having real good luck with the fire ants. Uh, I'm putting the diatomaceous earth on the mounds and stirring it around like Malcolm told us. It takes about three or four applications, but I finally get them. Oh, good. That's good news. Yeah, Malcolm Malcolm said that, that I asked him if that diatomaceous earth worked. Especially that, if it's got acetate in it. Yeah, well, uh, if it's got the, well, he he put pyrethrins in it. Pyrethrins, oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. That that is a pretty effective combination. James, yeah. we gotta run. We got like twenty seconds left, man. We'll talk Thanks, to you tomorrow. James. 210-308-8867. But hold on to that number and call us tomorrow with your gardening question. In the meantime, come on over to Millburgers and say hi, and uh, they can answer your questions. We did some lots of work today. Appreciate it. Thanks to Al for doing a great job. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Milton Glick. See you tomorrow on the end.